How's everybody doing today? There we go. It is so great to uh, be here with you today. I just want to just take a few moments, just even as we were worshiping the Lord, as we even heard the word of the Lord, I really just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that the word of the Lord was that we are to really just open our hearts to God and allow God to fill us. They were to open our hearts to God and allow him to lead us. They were to open our hearts to God and allow him to, to just pour himself into us. But to do that sometimes, we have to realize that the Bible says that if we are to want to draw closer to him, or if we want to be closer with him, we want him to be closer with us, we have to draw closer to him. And I just want to let the Holy Spirit just kind of lay that over you just to, for you just to be able just to allow the, the Spirit just to speak to you. May we all just continue to move closer to God in our daily lives. Amen? And I want to invite you as well um, to one of the great ways that we do that at our church, and that is through prayer. Who here believes that prayer is important? I believe this. Nothing great happens without prayer. Nothing that we do, all of the things that we do, it, it, it doesn't move forward without prayer. And that's why I want to encourage you. We have many different prayer opportunities, some that you're probably very aware of, others that maybe you're not so aware of. First of all, we have our Monday night prayer where we pray for an hour plus. It depends. Things have been getting, getting gooder and gooder. I say that on our, our Monday nights. Um, and that's online through our website at eastsidecitychurch.ca. We meet t- together on Zoom. It's a great way for you to pray. We also have pre-service prayer. Maybe you don't know about that. Uh, at 9 a.m. from 9 to 10 o'clock here in the Actually, it'll be uh, pretty soon. It's in the prayer uh, or in the hospitality room. Eventually, it'll move back to the prayer room here. Uh, But that happens for those who want to come early, pray, seek God. Uh, We also have a thing that is uh, we're going to uh, be opening up to more people. It's actually been going on for over a year. It has been more of a less public thing. We have patriot prayer for people that want to pray for their nation, pray for the country. And so if you're interested in patriot prayer, you're going to see more about that, but you can sign up at our What's Next table, and we will get you the information to be able to join. That. That's on every second Thursday of the month, the second and fourth Thursday of the month we do that. And then we have our first Sunday, a time of worship and seeking God, our prayer, uh, where we come together. I just want to let you know there are great opportunities to come together to pray. And why do I think it's so important that we come together to pray, that we're just not in our own private prayer closet? I'll tell you why. Because I believe that when we come together, that God just, it just, it just uh, exponentially releases his presence and his power. And so I just want to encourage you. This will be funny. I'm going to say this. Pray about praying. No, pray about coming to prayer. <laughs> no, it's all good today. Well, today we continue our series called Be a Builder. And I probably could have just talked about building with prayer. Might be coming up here. And it says this in Psalms 127. Verse one in the first part, it says, unless the Lord builds a house, the labor is wasted. What's the Bible saying here? Well, unless we build our lives, we build our families, we build our church according to God's plan and the principles of his word, all things we build will not last. That's really what it's saying. No, no matter what you do, if you, if you do things without God, in your life, if you do things according to your own pattern, they will not last or be successful for any length of time. So we've talked about this. Here's a, a few things that we've shared over the past 
uh, month and a half, that builders are believers, or believers are builders, sorry, I flipped that around. Believers are builders, that true disciples of Jesus, we're building, we're always building kingdom things. And that wise builders build on the sure foundation of what Jesus. Everything else is sinking sand. That's something we've heard, that parable, saying that song. We're also, we are God's temple, and we've been built to carry God's glory, both as individuals and as well as a church. The church is called to release God's glory. We've also been commissioned to build each other up with kindness and patience. That, that The key to building is also commitment. Commitment calls us both to protect and to be present for we, each other. And then I talked a couple weeks ago that the cost of building people is our time, our talents, and our treasure. Uh, to be blessed requires seeking first the kingdom of God. There's just no way around that. So today I want to preach a message on be a builder called tools to build. That to be a builder requires having the right tools, right? If you're going to build something, you probably want some tools to build it. So being a builder requires using the right tools. Now, I got to say this again. There's nothing like when you are first married. For those of you that have not entered into this, many of you have. You have so much hope for the future. We all do. We all believe that life is going to just be this incredible adventure, and it is. I'm not saying that it's not. But usually we have in the beginning of our marriage very little resources, especially money. And I remember when we moved into our first apartment after we, re- we-, we returned from our honeymoon, the place was a one-bedroom, 400-square-foot unit by the University of Calgary. My wife had two years left of college. We were those crazy, foolish people that got married in the middle of university. Because what else do you need? You just live on love. It's all good, man. And I remember that this, this, this uh, apartment that we had, it contained a bed. That was our one big piece of furniture when we first got there. A small TV that, uh, of course, I brought with me from the States. And then all of our wedding presents were strewn about this place. That was our first week or so. And, and, and I remember that, uh, do you remember, for those of you that have been married, when you get your wedding presents, they can be so random. The things that you get are so random. Even if you register somewhere, which is getting more challenging in this day and age, I remember that our, our, our wedding presents consisted of, a, of multiple rice cookers. That was great, but we had more than one. Never know when they're going to break down. Two toasters. 13 place settings. I mean, when you're first, you never know when you're going to have a large group come over to your 400 square foot apartment. You don't know when that's going to happen. An assortment of knives, cutlery, and a mismatch of pictures and other decorations. It was just a, it was, I mean, it's awesome. We're thankful you're wonderful, but you're just like, man, there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to what you sometimes have. What was not included were probably some of those essential things like a broom and dustpan, you know. Because when you're first married and you're just moving in, you don't realize those things you need. How about a, a flashlight? Uh, we didn't have that either. A bottle opener or really any tools for that maybe that matter. And I say this, that maybe was the part when Jan and I were talking before we got married. She asked if there's anything I thought needed to be added to the list. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention at that time. 
Anyways, none of those things are important until you realize that they are. Now, after being in an apartment for a week, we discovered that cable TV was included in our rent. But all we needed to do was to be able to hook the cable to the back of the TV. Now, this being it was 1994, I know for, for some of our younger generation here, they're just like, well, didn't you stream stuff? Didn't you just watch it on the internet? Uh, no, it wasn't like that at all. In fact, where we were at, you had two options. First was you could either have the three or four channels that were offered by rabbit ears. Remember the rabbit ear days? Or you could have cable that included maybe 20 or 30 channels. Now, with the rabbit ears antenna, I gotta, you, you, for those of you that have never experienced this, this is for you. This is for all of my teenagers, young adults, those of the children that are here. Uh, it was really kind of special. The picture was only clear on your TV screen if the weather outside was the perfect temperature, the right humidity, the correct wind speed, and if you stood with one hand on your head while sitting on the armrest of the couch. Now, if another person entered the room, you had to reset the whole thing. It disrupted the whole picture. Now, the cable option offered 20 to 30 crystal clear channels with a secure cable. It was, it was awesome. But early cable connections, I don't know if Paul, if we have that picture that I sent you, if we can throw that on the screen. Some of you are going to, who remembers these guys? So if you wanted cable, you had to take the coaxial cable, you screwed it in the back, and then you had to screw those two claws into the back of your TV. That's how you would get the cable. Now, the problem was I didn't have a screwdriver. I told you, we didn't have anything. We were just married. So I improvised. I used one of our brand new butter knives. Yeah. All the guys are like, that's right, pastor. That's how we do it. All the ladies are like, oh. Now, using the butter knife worked great for improving our cable connection, but was a complete failure for my marriage. Let's say that that evening I got to enjoy some quality alone time on the floor with my cable television. Why am I sharing this? To be a builder requires being equipped with the right tools. You see, when you have the right tools for the job, everything is easier. Everything goes better. You see, I worked in the automotive industry for many, many years. And mechanics are obsessive about their tools. Do I have any mechanics here? Yeah, yeah, I do. Thank you, Danny. Yep, right guy. Nobody plays around with, the, with a mechanic's tools. That's just, that's off limits. And I, I remember that I would go into shops, and if you wanted to harm yourself, just go grab or borrow a mechanic's tools without their permission. It was like a death, <clears throat> it'd be on you. And one of the biggest differences that I learned between a shop mechanic and a backyard mechanic, besides their training and skill, was the availability of the specialty tools they had. 
You see, with modern cars, certain jobs require specific or specialized tools. And here's what I want to go into today. That believers are designed, as we're designed to be people builders, God has designed you and given you special tools to do the job he's called you to do. God has designed you to be a people builder. I want you to say this with me. God has equipped me to build people. Say to your neighbor, God has equipped you to build people. Say to your neighbor again, you need me. (laughs) See, because God has equipped us to be people builders, he provides us with specific, specialized tools for the job he's called us to. Now, these specialized tools are not necessarily called tools in the Bible. They're called gifts. And listen to what Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 6. He says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I want to, I want to stay, say this just for two seconds before I keep reading. God has given you certain gifts for doing things well. You have special things that you do well. And here's what he goes on to say. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Boy, there's a lot of different gifts there. Prophesying, being kind to people, teaching, leadership. You might relate to some of these. Well, Paul also wrote to the Corinthians church in 1 Corinthians 12 about some other gifts. He said there are, in verse 12, verse 4, he says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given so each of you can help each other. Do you hear that? God gives us gifts to do what? Help each other. To the one person he gives the spirit the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a special message of knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether the message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. What do we hear here? There's a lot there. In a nutshell, God gives each of us different gifts or tools for doing things well. You see, nobody in this room has the same tools or gift mix. Now, you might have a tool that somebody has, but nobody has the same complete toolbox that another person has. Each of us has a certain mix of personality, of talents, and skills 
that have been distributed to us by the Father above. And he alone, the Bible says, decides which gift each person should have. Now, there may be people who are like you, who are similar to you, but there is no one who has the same gifts that you do. And in our toolbox, each of us has both practical tools and spiritual tools. There is in this list of things, things that are more practical. What do I mean by practical tools? We hear about leadership, administration, serving, encouragement, generosity. These are, these are things that help people. We can help people with our gifts. What I've learned that, that these tools are, are things that are more tangible for people to understand. Now, it doesn't mean they're not spiritual, It's just that they're more obvious and observable for everyone, including the person who possesses this gift. You know, some of you are great at doing different things when it comes to math or or for creativity. Maybe your gift is that you're really good at encouraging people. These are wonderful things that God gives us for his purposes and his glory. Now, job and providing for family typically are centered around these tools. Even though the primary purpose for these gifts when we read the word of God is to help build others or the kingdom of God. Whatever God has given to you, use it for his glory. Now we also have spiritual tools. Did you know that every one of you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus lives in you, that you have spiritual gifts. These could be like, Words of knowledge, prophecy, the gift of faith, where you just believe God, God's going to do things that are just supernatural in your mind. You just hold on to it. Discerning of spirits, healing, miracles. I could go on. Words of knowledge. See, each of us has been given one of those gifts as well. Now, these are powerful. uh, These tools that are so powerful are a little bit less obvious. And I say this, unless you've been born into the family of God, you probably will not recognize or even receive your spiritual gift. Now, these supernatural tools were given to tear down the kingdom of darkness and to build up the kingdom of God. And to understand and develop your spiritual gifts, you need to be around those who possess spiritual gifts as well. We're called to encourage each other. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Now, in all of these areas, there are some tools, and we're working on them, and we'll probably have some sign-ups here in the next little bit about some questionnaires, things that you can do. Like, if you're not really sure, like, what are my gifts? What what things do I really have? Maybe I know this. We want to help you do that. I believe that's the purpose of coming together as a church. Now, we have to understand this, that the Bible says that the Spirit of God gives us these tools by his grace according to his good purpose. You see, our gifts are given to us by the grace of God. And what is the grace of God? What really is the grace of God? Well, grace is God's unmerited favor. It's what God gives to us, not because we deserve it, not because we're great people, but because God wants to bless us. I say this, what God has given us is not because of how special or spectacular we are, but because of how loving and generous he is. And the tools that he has given us are are for building up people, not just for our own purposes. I see the problem in society today is God has blessed so many people. And the problem is, is as he blesses them, 
I'm talking outside of the church, but also in the church. But as he blesses them, they use their gifting just for themselves to build their own kingdoms, their own, you know, my, my own financial kingdom, my own popularity, whatever it is. We see all sorts of people on social media that use their gifts for themselves. And here's the problem is if we make our gift to edify ourselves, it's a twofold thing in the church. And sometimes why we struggle in, in the church to be what God's called us to be. Because the problem is, first of all, if we only use our gift for ourselves, it makes us incomplete. Why? Because you don't have everything within yourself to grow yourself to complete completion or maturity. I'm sorry, God designed things a certain way that he gave some things that we need to us, but other things to other people. And he gives some over here and he gives some over there. And the reason that we come together and we should be coming together to walk together and work together because as we serve each other through Jesus Christ, we find that they have those complementing things that happen. You see, uh, I'm a pastor who by nature, I feel like I'm really good at loving people. Can I tell you something I'll be honest that I'm not great at? I'm not always great at administration. I've gotten better at it because I've had to in places, but the way that God works it is he brings people that have administrative gifts around me. And if I, if I lean into them, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh we get the job done. Because maybe their gift is, you know, they're more black and white, you know. You know, I don't know if any of you are, you know, step by step. We follow the rules. We do things. And here comes the pastor. We don't color between the lines. We just get love people. <laughs> and we need each other, right? We need each other. So we're, we're incomplete on our own. Is, is, I want you to remember that. But also, here's the problem when we don't use our gifts to serve others. It makes others incomplete. You see, our gifts were given primarily to complement and strengthen the gifts or tools of others. And I say this, nobody has the full package of tools to complete God's assignment for your life. I'm just here to tell you. I'm not saying that God isn't here to help us. He's more than enough. Everybody's like, well, I hear Jesus is more than enough. Yes, he is for our salvation, for our relationship with them. He fills us up, but he also has designed us to walk together with other people. And our gifts complement others and help bring completion to those who are connected to us in the community of faith. See, God has given us tools to release his glory through us. They're not meant to be hoarded. Now, here's the other thing I want to talk about. This is going to be, I think this will be encouraging and challenging. We honor God by honoring the gifts he's given to people around us. What do you mean? Well, when we recognize each other, when we look at each other, and we realize that God has placed gifts and God has a calling, and he has value on the people that we're serving together with, when we recognize that, we also honor God because God created them and gave them those things. What we're saying is, God, I acknowledge what you've done in their life. Now, the problem that we face a lot of times is we realize that the people that we serve, the people that we relate to, the people that sometimes we even live with, 
They're not perfect. They make mistakes. They, they say things. They do things. And the problem is sometimes we allow our eyes to go off of who God's called them to be. And we see sometimes that, that what they are is imperfect like we're imperfect. And then we start to not be able to receive or recognize things from them. Now listen to what Jesus shared in Matthew 10, 41. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. What is Jesus saying? What he's saying is how I receive or honor a person and recognize who they are, the gifts that God has put in them, or the value that I have is the, the blessing I will receive from that person. Now, let, let, let me break this down. If I receive a school teacher in the name of a school teacher, I'll be open to receive the interpretation, the impartation, the teaching that a teacher gives to me. Have you ever had a teacher you didn't like? Don't raise your hand. Oh, you didn't need to raise your hand. We got teachers here right now. We love you, teachers. You're good. But have you ever like, you know, you had one? How, how much did you learn from them? Probably was difficult. They'd share things. They could even be telling you things that are right, things that are correct. But if, if, you, if you don't receive them as a teacher and you look at them and was like, God, they're kind of nasty. Your heart closes up. You can't receive anything. If you receive an accountant, in the name of an accountant, you'll receive the benefit of an accountant. Maybe, maybe because this is probably what's true, whether it's accountants, bankers, financial, you're probably sitting next to them and you don't even realize it because they're usually not like, hi, I'm an accountant. Hi, I'm a but, but if you begin to understand who they are and you recognize who they are, then you can tap in to the knowledge, to the benefits that they have. Does that make sense? I'm going super practical here. And it says if you honor a prophet, you honor the prophetic, you hear the prophetic word in the name of a prophet, you will receive the blessing that a prophet gives. Now, who here understands that honor is not worship? See, the problem in our society is at times we worship gifts. Oh, oh, they're so awesome. I wish I could sing like that. And I'd be like, oh, the, I can't wait to hear. Oh, I worship that person or their gifting. No, no, we honor them. Hey, you got a gift. I want to hear from your gift. I love you. And as I learn to love you as a person, the blessing and the benefit of their gift now becomes more works out a greater thing in my life. There's a story that I read a, a, a little while ago um, about uh, by John Bevere. Who here remembers some of the teaching we've done in our church about John Bevere? Maybe you don't know him, but he wrote a great book on forgiveness called The Bait of Satan. And he talked about in that book how he got offended with his pastor. He worked for him. I know this as a pastor that I've got a great staff. None of them have ever been offended with me. I've never been offended with them either. Okay, I have to repent. I'm lying. But he talked about how he got offended. There was something that was going on. 
he'd watched his pastor in dealing with somebody, had lost his cool with another employee and it impacted him. And he began to mumble and rumble about his leadership. And here's what he discovered for the next month when he went to church, he found every sermon boring and dead. Sit in there and he's just like, man, not getting anything out of this. Huh, maybe I shouldn't be at this church. Maybe I should go somewhere else. Maybe I should, and he had all of these thoughts. And as he was praying one morning, he says, God spoke to them that his heart was wrong and that he needed to repent. And so the next day he went and repented where he was at with his pastor. And he said, the next Sunday, it was amazing. It was like each word that was spoken to him, like it came from the mouth of God. Was it because his pastor had changed? Did his pastor all of a sudden get a different anointing in his life? No, it was because his heart had changed. And I could go into many different things. I talked about the teacher. There's many things that when we close our hearts off to people, we're unable to receive what God wants to release through them. That's what my point is. So if you receive a prophet, a teacher, a mechanic in the name of a prophet, teacher, and mechanic, guess what? You will receive that reward. You see, it's important for us to understand that God gives his perfect gifts to imperfect people by his grace. And in spite of our flaws, God uses us to help others and grow one another and mature one another. I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. What our job is to encourage one another to be everything God has called us to be. To build each other to walk in our giftings. As we learn to recognize not only our own gifts, but also the gifts of others, we will see the church operate, listen to this, with greater power and greater influence. Because this is the reality, the gifts or the tools are meant to build up the church. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We build the church by how? By building each other. We build the church by using our gifts to build up each other. We, use, we, 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 we become mature as we learn to equip other people to do their work, his work. What is his work? What was Jesus' work? His work, first of all, is to lead people into a relationship with Jesus. We are called to help direct people to Jesus, to continually point to Jesus, to say that the answer lies within Jesus, that everybody needs Jesus. And then the second part is to help people become more like Jesus in their character and their attitude and their function. I want to remind you that the ultimate goal 
for us on earth is not just to see people make a, have a prayer that says, I accept Jesus into my heart. No, that's, that, that's stunting what God wants to do. The goal of Jesus is that we will become mature in our faith and that we will live like him and walk like him and lead people like him. Thirdly, to teach people to hear and obey the voice of God. Fourth, to release the power and presence of God through miracles, healing, signs, and wonders as people learn to walk both in and under his authority. What is his work to see people find and use both their practical and spiritual gifts to help others reach completeness and full maturity? I say this again as we begin to close. Every person has unique God-given gifts. You have been given godly gifts. And because of these gifts, you are called to be a builder. Today, I'm calling you to be a people builder. What is your job today? How do we do this? Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you don't, you're like, I don't understand really what my gifts are. Then you're at this place in your life that your job right now is to begin to discover your gifts. Take time to pray and seek God if you're not sure about what your gifts are. Allow trusted and competent people to share with you what they see. Go talk to people that you, that you know are full of faith, that are full of God's. Say, hey, what do you see in my life? What do, you, what do you see about me? Take some time. Maybe take a spiritual gift assessment. There's many online. There's many in person. But what do you do if you've already discovered your gifts? Then you have your part two is right here. You need to develop your gifts. <laughs> I find one of the things that challenges me at times as a leader is I hear people that have great calls on their life and I'm like, well, what are you doing to fulfill that call? Are you, are you allowing God to develop that? And they're kind of like, well, you know, we just, I know God gave me this word 20 years ago that I'm supposed to do this. And I'm like, have you done anything to get right? No, 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 that, that's up to God. God will make it happen. Good luck with that. See, God gives us parts that we're called to do and then he has his parts that he does. You see, as we step into the purposes of God, as we lean into God, as we begin to grow in our faith, as we begin to step into our giftings and we walk in it, then God begins to open up more doors. But they're not just gonna happen because you are sitting here going, well, God, you do all the work. No, he's saying, I called you. You know, begin to develop. How, how do I know this is the truth? Listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy in Timoth, 2 Timothy 1. Say, this is why I remind you to fan into the flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. What's he saying, Timothy? You got to work at this. You got to grow this. You got to develop this. Learn from others, I say. Learn with others. And then here's the last thing. We're to distribute our gifts. Use your gifts to help others, especially those in the family of God. Allow God to use your skills, your tools, your things that he's given you to be a blessing to others. Be bold. Don't sit on your gifts. My prayer today, my prayer today is that God will release to each and every one of us 
an awakening of what our gifts are. That God will remind you if you're not sure. You see, I say this to you, if you're, if you're doing good, keep going forward, keep growing, keep maturing, keep using your things for God's kingdom and his purposes. God will continue to bless you. Here's what I've learned about God. If we think, well, you know what? I've, uh, I've accomplished everything I need to do. God will always give you more. Some of you, some of you today, God is, wants to just encourage you by faith to remind you of what he's put in your hands. Maybe you haven't been functioning in them the way that you believe that you should. Today, God's saying, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to be a people builder. I'm calling you to be one who walks by faith, who uses what I've given you to be a blessing to others.